be in Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10, and we'll read a familiar text, and then I may take the direction of the sermon a little bit differently on this. I, I pray that you'll bear with me. I promise not to get off into Texas Baptist history like I did last week, okay? No size of relief at that, but okay. Um, but anyway, do want to preach this morning on the subject of the blind man's prayer. In Mark chapter number 10 and beginning in verse number 46, like I say, familiar, familiar story and recorded here. And then there's a parallel account to this also in Matthew that the details are slightly different, but... Mark chapter 10, verse number 46, the scriptures say, And they came to Jericho, and as he went, that being Christ, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And verse 50, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath, hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. When we study the earthly ministry of Christ as recorded in the scriptures, you know, mainly focusing there on the four gospels, it's quite different than when we study the biographies of other folks no one else was born of a virgin no one else was tempted of satan yet remained sinless in life no one else has performed such miracles no one else has spoken with such mercy and yet such power no one else died and rose again for others no one else is coming again to take their followers into eternal bliss why is there such a difference? Because this is not just a man. This was God incarnate, as Olin was saying about just a few moments ago. It wasn't just a human being, just a man that walked out from Jericho on that day. That was God himself. And in our text, Christ leaves Jericho and begins to travel up to Jerusalem. It's an uphill climb. That's why they say it's going up to Jerusalem. It's the same road, by the way, that he would uh, set the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan. That's the that's same, uh, same path that that story is, is set in. And on such a road, there'd be many types of people, some hurrying, some delaying, some about their service to God. In fact, there was many priests that traveled on this road. Some just simply sought the chance to rob or to kill and of course, there would be beggars. When you read the parallel account in the book of Matthew, there's a, the biggest difference in the two is Matthew says that there's two beggars. And Mark cho chooses to only focus on one of them and gives his name. Matthew does not give any names. But 
I just, what I know of the times and the period, I, I guarantee you that there were more beggars than that on that road. And there we find sitting Bartimaeus. He's blind. He cannot see the people as they pass. He can hear their steps, the rumble of carts and the groans of the animals pulling them as they pass by. And in that day, there was no type of welfare system like today. There was no network of charity or homes to care for the disabled individuals like Bartimaeus. Usually, if your family could support you, they would care for you. If not, this was how you filled your belly, how you took care of whatever needs you had was you sat and you begged. It may sound like a cruel system, but you also have to realize that in the Jewish world and in the Jewish faith that supporting uh, these people and giving what's called alms, charitable giving, was highly regarded. It's highly praised in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 15, 11, For the poor shall never cease out of the land. Therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thine hand wide unto thy brother, to to thy poor and to thy needy in thy land. Proverbs speaks often of it. A couple examples. Proverbs 22.9 He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. In Proverbs 29.7 The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, and the wicked regardeth not to know it. And so the simple charity of those that passed by would feed Bartimaeus. He wouldn't get rich by any stretch, but He'd have enough for food and perhaps to replace a, a, a coat or a garment at some point, but hardly making a living at it. But it's not those acts of charity I want us to focus on, although honestly we could follow that throughout the New Testament, and I will still say that God blesses those who work to be blessings to others. I want to focus on what Bartimaeus did. Though he could not see Christ, he cried out for mercy. How large the crowd was, I I don't know. Were there dozens? Were there hundreds? It seems like quite a crowd. Yet in the midst of that clamor, Christ heard the cry of this one blind man. Stop and think about that right there. What happened? A man made a request to God, Christ was God, is God, and God responded. That sounds like prayer. I was reading this week, I got, a few weeks ago, got my income tax return, you know, Uncle Donald gave me back my money, I really appreciated that, and uh, I splurged and bought a few more books, I've been in a bad habit, I might have to get a new bookshelf here pretty quick. Um, but uh, I bought a book, and it was a collection of sermons on prayer by B.H. Carroll. And first one in that, as I was reading, I, I've been wanting to preach on prayer. It's been on my heart for some time. And so I was reading that. The first sermon was titled, Accessibility of God Through Christ. And he told how he stayed up late one evening, and he was studying out the gospel accounts, and he read through all four gospels, and he made note of how many times people would come to Christ with a request, with a need. Sometimes spoken, sometimes assumed, but he found in his study 150 such occasions. 
I did not check him on that, forgive me, but we'll use his example. But as I thought about it, how many times did honest requests or pleas come to our Savior? How many times did he ever ignore them? We have no record of him ever ignoring an honest plea or cry for help. Others times he didn't respond as requested. You remember after he's arrested, he went before Herod, Herod Antipas in Luke chapter 23, and Herod wanted him to perform like a trick pony, wanted him to do a miracle, and Christ refused. Christ would not do so, even though it was requested by Antipas. Sometimes the Pharisees, the Jews, would come to him and say, perform a sign, do a work, do a miracle, prove to us that you are the Messiah. And he would not do so. There's other times, but the fact is, those weren't honest requests. Yet, just a few examples, when Nicodemus had questions, Christ taught him. When Jairus' daughter lay dying, Christ followed after him, got there late and rose her from, uh, raised her from the dead. When Peter began to slip under the water, after he'd walked on the water, he saw the winds and the waves, and he began to sink. He cried out. What did God do? What did Christ do? He reached out for him. When Lazarus was sick, the request was made, come quickly. Oh, he arrived four days late, yet he arrived on time. When the thief on the cross asked forgiveness, Christ granted it. Time after time we see this formula, request and response. That sounds like prayer. Sometimes the response was not to fulfill the request, but to point in a better direction. The maniac of Gadara, after he had cast out the demons from him, he wanted to follow after Christ. And Christ told him, no, you need to stay here. Go back to your family. Go back to your friends. Why? Well, when you study out the accounts of the ministry of Christ, he goes back there one day. And that time they asked him to leave. They ran him out of town. When he came back, he got a good warm welcome. Why? I would like to think it's because the maniac Gadara had been telling everybody what had happened. James and John made the request with their mother to request places of prominence in the kingdom. In fact, it's right before, it's in the same chapter as this text. And Christ used the opportunity to teach them that true greatness was not found in a place of prominence, but in serving others. Request and response. Again, that sounds like prayer. And in prayer, we have the privilege of communicating with God himself. Just like these individuals did. There was Christ and they could ask Him. They could make a request. They could have a cry for help. And when we pray, it's a request that goes straight to the top. There's no middlemen to process it. No filing errors. It goes straight to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Prayer is a two-way communication. We call out to God and He answers. He'll whisper to our soul. And according to his pleasure, can answer the smallest or greatest request. So what I'd like to do this morning is I want to look at a few things here. I think I've got five of them that take place in this story. And I want us to look at 
the request Bartimaeus made to Christ as a prayer. And I want us to look at the responses, and I want to see different things here, and some elements that we need in our prayers. First thing I want us to see is that Bartimaeus, he simply cried out. In verse number 47, it says, He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He could have sat silently by, yet he knew that Christ came by. He had heard the stories of the lame that had been healed, the lepers that had been cleansed, the blind that had been made to see. And he cried out for aid, cried out for mercy. And how often in our Bible do we see our Savior act in response to such a request? There's a few times, sometimes indeed there wasn't a real request. Remember, by the way, you ever think about this? The only funerals we have Christ going to in the scriptures, he breaks up. The widow of Nain, he's just traveling along, there's a funeral procession coming out, and he stops them and heals and raises the young man from the dead. But most of those stories don't just revolve around a, a present need. There's a request that's made. And here, what does Bartimaeus do? He cries out. He makes a request. He prays. I've heard it said that the biggest lie told by most Christians is, I'll pray for you. We'll say it and we'll put lip service to it, but how often do we fail in following through? There's books, there are sermons that dissect prayer and they'll study out the Lord's Prayer or different passages and they'll say, this is how you ought to pray. And I've, I've, I've heard them say, you ought to thank God, you ought to praise God, you ought to make your request, you ought to do all these different things, you ought to pray for others and then you. I'm going to tell you something, I think you can throw most of that out the window. Let me tell you the secret to prayer is pray. It's not very difficult. I wish we could just all get back to praying. I thought of the words to the old song, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Form isn't important. The right words are not important. In fact, sometimes I think they get in the way. We get in a habit of just repeating words and phrases over and over. In my mind, I can go back and hear the people that prayed in church when I was growing up and I... Hear one individual, our dear Heavenly Father. I can hear the people praying, oh, bless this offering, the gift and the giver. Those little phrases that just pop up and you, those, the, the, the people that would use the same things over and over. But let me tell you something, form isn't important. The words aren't important. The fact is we simply need to pray, make the request, go before God. Evangelist Tim Lee told this illustration, and I liked it. He said, we often go to God and we think we have to be flowery. We have to say, oh, our great and gracious Heavenly Father who made all the heavens and earth and wrote this wonderful Bible and quote scripture at Him. And He said, you know, if I'm sitting at the table and we're eating a meal and I want the biscuits and they're down there by my daddy, I don't say, oh, my dad who has graciously cared for me and raised me up and given me a great name. He says, no. What do you do? You say, Daddy, please pass the biscuits. You just make the request. 
And I think the number one reason prayers aren't answered is because they're not offered. Second, I want us to see that Bartimaeus was persistent. In verse 48, they tried to make him be quiet. They tried to hush him up. Hey, Bartimaeus, you're just a blind beggar. Don't, don't bother Christ. He can't hear you. He doesn't have time for you. Yet the scripture says, but he cried the more a great deal. He raised a ruckus. If Bartimaeus prayed like we do, he'd have whispered it once under his breath and never repeated it. He would have then got upset for Christ not hearing him. But no, Bartimaeus created a scene. Folks around him tried to quiet him. They tried to tell him Jesus was busy. They tried to tell him the important folks needed to get to Jesus, but Bartimaeus didn't stop. I tell you that God delights in hearing our prayers. Yet He does not want to become a vending machine for our wants. Sometimes He wants us to engage in spiritual battle on our knees. It's not so we can earn it. We don't say, well, I prayed for ten years. I won a great victory. All the praise and the glory and the honor that comes from an answered prayer is not on the person who offers it. It's on the God who answers it. And God is honored in our faith when it's strong enough that we press our prayers forward in faith. Think of the stories there are that Christ told. He told the story about the widow that went to the judge seeking, seeking, uh, seeking aid, seeking help. And it took multiple times. She had to keep bothering him before he could do it. And he said, well, how about your heavenly father? He actually wants to help you. He wants to be there. But sometimes prayers aren't answered the first time. You know, where I was before at Friendship, there were folks, wives that had been touched, folks that had gotten saved, had gotten right with God, that people had prayed for for decades. And it took decades before God finally melted those cold hearts and brought them in. Folks, never give up in prayer. Just because an answer is not quick does not mean it's not coming. Pray and pray often. Take those requests to God until He answers. The third thing I want us to see is, what did Bartimaeus do? Well, he cried out. He had his prayer request. He also he kept repeating. Uh, the, the word you'll see in theological books is importunity. You just keep pressing on and pressing the issue. But what was the response? We see that Christ heard in verse number 49. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they came to him and they said, Hey, Jesus is calling you. Jesus wants you. They were shocked. I don't think we should be shocked when God answers a prayer. Bartimaeus cried out in hope that Christ would hear him. But you know, if you read your Bible and you study it out, we have the promise that God hears and answers our prayers. Psalm 66, passage here from verse 16 to verse number 20. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth. He was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God which hath not turned away from my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Yes, 
there are things sin can hinder prayer. But as I was thinking about this, does this mean God doesn't hear our prayers? I think God hears the prayers. He still has his ear open for when we cry out for forgiveness and then repentance. So I thought about it. I think it's theologically correct to say to kind of say it this way. God hears every prayer. He just may not listen to every prayer. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. Sometimes I'll tell my kids to do something, and I'll ask, did you hear me? And sometimes they'll say, yes, I did hear you. But you know what? They didn't listen to what I said. They may have heard the words, but they did not heed them. I can hear advice, but I may not listen to it. Those are two different things. The petitions are brought to his attention, but he may choose not to respond. There are factors that hinder prayer, yes, and sin is a major one of them. When we, have, when, when we take pleasure in sin, when we delight in the things of this world and we turn our attention and our heart and our affections away from God to the things around us, yeah, it does affect how our prayers are answered. By the way, it also affects how often you pray. But it does not cancel out the fact that God hears our prayers. Psalm 145, verse 18 and 19, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The greatest encouragements one of the greatest truths that we have is that we have a god who hears prayer you know i've seen folks sometimes send letters to the president i'm thinking of one preacher who was kind of famous he would write open letters to the president and try to counsel him and i don't think those presidents ever read those letters i don't think anybody ever cared what that certain person ever thought But I'll tell you this, your messages, your prayers, your requests don't fall on deaf ears. God hears our prayers. Fourth, I want us to see that Bartimaeus was specific. In verse 51, Christ asked him, well, what would you have me to do? And he responds, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He had a need. He did not hesitate to take it to the master. He didn't beat around the bush. Now I wonder if the reason we don't see answered prayers is because we aren't specific in our requests. You know, when Peter, like I spoke of before, when he was walking on the water and he began to sink, he didn't pray for a generic mighty moving of God. Oh God, I'm praying for us mercy to be shown to us poor sinners. You know, I think he got right down to the business there and said, Lord, save me, I'm drowning. You know, some often will pray for souls to be saved in generic terms. Yet how often do we have a name that we groan and we shed tears and we agonize over and we beg God to open their callous heart to the truth? How often do we just, God bless the missionaries, never take the time to 
take a specific missionary, a specific need to God. I challenge you, put God to the test. I've done it. Pray for something specific. It doesn't have to be something spectacular, but keep taking it to him, just like Gideon with that fleece. He just kept putting God to the test. Put him to the test, and then don't be surprised if God answers it. Thank him and praise him for what he did. One other little step in this, I would say, is oftentimes when we pray, in our generic terms, we like to say, oh, Lord, forgive us our sins. Why would I say, I think it would do you good if you actually listed those out before God. You don't have to tell me. I, you don't have to tell me, but I'm going to tell you something. God knows what they are anyway. Instead of saying, oh, God, I, I've fallen short. Forgive me or I've fallen short. Say, God, I can't believe those words came out of my, wife, or my mouth towards my wife or my husband. Lord, I can't believe I lost my temper. God, help me with that. Name it. Play it out. Spell it out before God. You're not wasting His time. Be specific when you pray. And by the way, with that being specific, don't try to put on the dog. You're not trying to impress God. God sees right through. He knows your heart. He doesn't say, oh, wow, those are fancy words. I have to get a dictionary to understand. That must be an important prayer. In fact, I... I I cut this from my sermon because this this is a little bit of a stretch, but look at the previous verse there in verse number 50. It talks about Bartimaeus says, and he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. He threw off the, the outer robe or maybe a, maybe a shawl or a cloak, something like that. Why did he do that? Some people say, well, maybe it was because there's a hindrance. I'm going to tell you what I, I kind of think. I kind of think it was probably pretty ratty and he knew who he was going to see. That thing's been out in the weather. It's covered him. It's protected him from mud and rain. And it probably was nasty. It probably smelled. And I think he kind of wanted to look his best when he came to him. By the way, when you go before God, he knows all your dirty secrets. He knows your feet stink. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your shortfalls. He knows who you are. But he wants to hear from you anyway. But just be honest with him. Be specific and be honest when you come before the Lord. And number five, Bartimaeus had faith. In verse number 52, what did Christ say? Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. When Bartimaeus cried out, when he asked to be healed, he believed that Christ could and he believed that he would. Again, I think this is something that we are missing in our prayer lives today. When we pray too often, we say the words, we say the phrases, we go down a list. And it's more out of habit than desire. And then we're surprised, well, God, why didn't you answer my prayers? Maybe it's because we really didn't believe he would. Maybe it's, and folks, we could go back. You don't have to go back very far. Just look at the past year, the the prayers that have been answered. We got folks that were on hospice that today are home and healthy. We got a report today, guy had a heart attack. He's back at work. 
Hey, doctors are good, but I'm going to tell you something. The great physician's even better. You want to see answered prayers? Miss Annette back there. I still can't believe she was back up and playing the piano so shortly after her surgery, her heart surgery. Wives that are changed. But too often, it's like praying for rain in the heat of summer. We'll pray for rain, we'll pray for rain. Around here we do a lot of praying for rain in the summer. But how often do you carry around an umbrella in the middle of summer? Do you really expect it? Or are you just putting lip service to praying for rain? shouldn't shock us when God answers our prayers. That's who he is and that's what he does. Yet not every prayer is answered, but if your prayer life is healthy, you should see answers to prayers. Not every prayer is answered every time. Some prayers should be answered some of the time. I just wish we had the faith that when we prayed, most of what we prayed would be answered most of the time. I think we'd die of a heart attack if that actually happened, though, and that shows our lack of faith. May I challenge you, have faith that you can call on God in prayer. Have faith that God will hear your prayer. Have faith that God will consider that request and He will process it according to His wisdom and His will that's so far greater than ours. But also have faith that God can, and dare I go so far as to say that God will answer your prayer. Close this up here. Quick statements. First off, what a wonderful God we have. What a wonderful Savior. When you look at this, and as I was reading that sermon this week, and he was talking about all these examples of, of people coming to Christ with requests, and how he didn't turn them away, how he met the needs, and how he healed those, or how the even the dishonest requests, he would point them into the truth. I was so marveled at the grace and the wisdom and the power of our Savior. But let me tell you something. That's just an earthly example of what our Heavenly Father does every day and every minute in our prayers. What a privilege it is, what a blessing it is, but what a responsibility it is that our prayers are heard and answered. I thought of the song, the Carters aren't here, they would appreciate it. The inspiration sang a song, Prayer moves the heart that moves the hand that moves the world. What power there is in prayer. And I'm going to tell you something, this ain't in my notes, but this church will rise no higher than the prayers that are, prop, uh, that are propping it up. Your Christian life will only rise as high as the prayers that you offer. Ministries will only go as high as the prayers that are offered. And I think back, you know, they used to talk about the older folks, they were the prayer warriors, the little grandmas who sat in the rocking chairs and they rocked back and forth and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. I'm going to tell you something, I think what's missing a lot nowadays, not, not to pick on anybody, I know we got an older congregation here for the most part, but you know, most older people aren't those kind of prayer warriors anymore. They're very active, they got a lot of things going, but would to God we could just set aside the time and the distractions and take our prayers to God. Second, let me ask you, what prayers are you offering to God? None? 
I would suggest we need to fix that. A few, if we're all honest, I think we probably fit in that category. We offer many to God. We ought to take it all to Him. How about those prayers? Are they small? Are they large? I've never seen a situation too small or too great that God cannot move in a mighty way. But I want to go back full circle to something I said at the beginning. What's the secret of prayer? I think the secret of prayer is not the magic formula or the magic phrases. I think the simplest thing to do is just pray. Thank you. (laughs) Just call out on God. And by the way, here's what happens in prayer. I used to think that when you prayed, you spoke to God, and when you read your Bible, that God spoke to you. You know prayer is a two-way street. It's two-way communication. God will communicate to your soul. God will speak to you. God will direct your thoughts and your words, and God can hear and answer that prayer. It's two-way communication when we pray. Just pray. And last of all, as the musicians come, do you truly believe that God hears and answers prayers? Do you truly believe that God hears and answers prayers? So often we have a head knowledge of the truth. But if you really want it to take action, it's got to affect your heart. When it hits your heart, then it hits your hands and your feet. And I think if we truly believed in prayer, we would pray the more. And I want to make this statement. Too many Christians today have the same prayer life that an atheist has. Say, well, atheists don't pray. I got a bad feeling that there's quite a few Christians that don't either. And now we'll mock and ridicule an atheist and say, well, they're crazy, they're idiots, they don't believe God, they they don't see God in creation or in His Word or in the, the, the love of our Savior. Yet we'll have the same prayer life as those guys do. If, if we truly believe in the power of prayer based on the promises of Scripture and the previous track record of answered prayers, if we truly believed in that, I think we'd be driven to our knees in thanksgiving and praise to a wonderful God who hears and answers prayers, but also because we would know Most battles in the Christian life are not fought on the physical realm, but in the spiritual. And the greatest weapon we have is prayer. I'm no doctor. I can't help anybody who's physically suffering, but I know a God who can. Somebody who's turned away from God, whose heart has turned cold, I can't break that ice, but God can. You know, I can't even save a soul. When I was little, I used to say, well, Brother Horton saved me. No, God saved me. I've got to get helped a little bit. God doesn't want to say, Brother Horton was the one who took his Bible and showed me how to be saved. You know, I can't save anyone. Only God can. Folks, when all gets down to it, let's just pray. Just pray. And I think we would be shocked. Even though we know God answers prayers, I think we'd be shocked because God does hear and answer our prayers.